Hello, welcome to the prayer and reflection for Sunday the 7th of June from Black Horse Road Baptist Church with me, Naaman. Psalm 37 says this, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. With all that is going on in the world around us, it can be very easy to fret and to worry. But let's take a few moments to place our trust in God to remind ourselves of his goodness, of his love and of his care for us. Amen. A Lament, written by Jane Day. I woke up. A new day. I was aware of my breath and then it hit me. Sheets soaked with sweat Snotty nose, twisted tissues, sticky eyes. I had been mourning in my sleep. I wanted to get up. I was aware of my emotions, unspeakable anger, all the D words, depressed, defeated, down. I tried to get up. I was aware of my body, limp legs, wobbly bowel, sick to the stomach, compressed chest, and then I remembered his name ever so slowly, George Floyd, the one whose breath was not respected. I couldn't say his name out loud. Instead, I stayed in bed, cushioned in my comfort blanket and wept for a very long time. The reading is from Acts chapter 2, verse 36 to 42. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptised and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Amen. Last week was Pentecost, and we celebrated the coming of the Holy Spirit. Peter steps forward and delivers the first Christian sermon ever preached, showing the people how God's plan throughout history was to raise up a people who would love him, follow him, and that this moment was a new beginning the prophets of old had foreseen. When the people responded, what must we do to be saved? Peter tells them to do two things, one that deals with their past and one that will shape them for a new future. 
He tells them to look back, then look forward. First, he tells them to look back and deal with the past. He says, each of you must turn from your sins and turn to God. Or as the NIV puts it, repent. Repentance has gone out of fashion a little bit these days. We prefer to justify our sins or shift the blame onto someone else. Some would say it crushes our self-esteem to focus on sin and certainly there are people who become too unhealthily obsessed with either their own sins or the sins of others. When that happens we become judgmental and we need to be clear that Jesus spoke against that saying he did not come to condemn the world but to save the world through his death and resurrection. We find our scripture in John 3 verse 17. But let us be clear, repentance is the crux of the gospel, the good news, because repentance liberates us from the past and sets us free to begin a new life. If we make excuses or blame others for our sins, we remain trapped in our sinfulness. But if we lay it all on the table before God and say, there it is, the whole lot, it's ugly, it's embarrassing, here are the things I wouldn't dare tell my mother about, then God takes it forgives it all, cleanses you and makes you like new. The devil has no hold over you when you lay it all out before God. This week, the news agenda has been dominated by the unlawful death of George Floyd in Minneapolis in the United States. It's clear that the outpouring of rage across the world is twofold. On the one hand, he was excessive force being used by white policemen against a black man that led to his death. But the reason it has given rise to such an outpouring of rage is because it is a symptom of racism and prejudice that ethnic minorities suffer week in and week out in a white-dominated world. The individuals sinned, but it's true to say we have all sinned as we play our part in sinful structures and ways of living in a sinful world. Without repentance, nothing changes. And just as the sin is personal and structural, So our repentance needs to be personal, but also confessing the sins of our nation, of our church, even. As Daniel prayed, You always fulfil your promises of unfailing love to those who love you and keep your commands. But we have sinned and done wrong. We have rebelled against you and scorned your commands and regulations. We find that in Daniel chapter 4 and verses 4 to 5. Daniel was only young when he and his family were taken into exile in Babylon. He could hardly be blamed for Israel's problems. But he confesses not only his own sins, but the sins of his people. Without repentance, we are trapped in our sinfulness. But repentance sets us free to begin afresh. So, on the one hand, Peter tells them to look back and deal with uh, their past and their sinfulness through repentance. But secondly, Peter tells them to look forward. He says, be baptised in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's in verse 38. Baptism in the New Testament replaces circumcision in the Old Testament as the way of identifying yourself as belonging to Christ and to the church. It symbolises the washing away of your sins and receiving the Spirit to be empowered to live a new life. It is about leaving the old behind and embracing the new. This is a promise for you. It is about taking on your crown as a prince or princess in the kingdom of God 
and growing into a new way of life that Jesus has called you to. When we read on in Acts and see how the apostles, the believers and the church were completely transformed by the Spirit and impacted the communities in which they lived, it is quite simply amazing and such a beautiful thing. The early church was not without its problems and filled with the Holy Spirit, it caused a lot of problems too. But the testimony of the early church is that it naturally wanted to speak out the good news, to heal the sick, to ensure the poor were provided for, and to cross cultural boundaries to unite the people of God. With the events in the news this week, we are reminded how much our world needs Jesus, not simply to bring assurance of eternal life, important as that is, but we need Jesus and the Holy Spirit in our lives today to transform us, to transform our church, and to bring faith, hope and reconciliation to our community. Many people are asking what they can do to help overcome prejudice in our world. Let me just give you one thing that I've learnt that helps me understand my own prejudices more clearly and also helps to build a more integrated and healthy multicultural church. It's simply this, to make friends and build meaningful relationships with people of different ethnic and social and economic backgrounds. It's always easier to stick with people we know, who see the pe- the world the same way we do, who eat our kind of food, who speak our kind of language. But in the Gospels, Jesus repeatedly crossed boundaries. He sat and chatted to people he wasn't supposed to, whether it was the Samaritan woman by the well or eating at Zacchaeus's home. And you can do that. As a church, we want to build a more integrated and healthy multicultural church. And we strive to do that by building teams and grow groups with people from differing ethnic backgrounds to give opportunity to learn from one another across the cultural divides. Let me be honest with you. It takes commitment to keep reaching out to people, empowering them and getting them on board. And here's the thing. When you have diverse teams, discussion and debate takes longer. And you have to get your head around the different ways we express ourselves and the perspectives from which we view the world. But it takes us to a deeper place, a more meaningful place, and a place where we can be real with one another. In my grow group, we share our experiences and struggles with one another. Sometimes we've laughed, sometimes we've cried. Sometimes we have betrayed our anger or our, our, our frustrations. But we try to listen and learn, and so doing, by God's grace, we grow. Peter told the crowd to repent, be baptised, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It sounds simple, but it's a profound step forward for each of us to know our sins are forgiven, to be set free, and empowered to be reconcilers for Christ in our world. A prayer written by the Hudson Sisters. Lord, how long? From the depths of our soul we cry, how long? From generation to generation, your children have suffered. How long? Our pain is great. How long, Lord? Day and night we cry out to you. How long do we see our loved ones crushed under the yoke of hate and injustice? weighed down by society's institutional bias. God, you are the God of all. From before the beginning of time, you are sovereign God. 
Your mercy endures from everlasting to everlasting. Show us your hand of mercy at this time in this generation. Let your power be manifest throughout your earth. Heal your land. Heal all minds. Heal all hearts. For it is only you, our God, who can create a new heart and a spirit of love and compassion in those hearts that are as stone. Lord, order our steps. May we all march in one accord. Move through us by your might, for you are the power and the glory. So in our struggle, we will still praise you. We will still lift our hands in prayers towards you. We will do your will whilst we wait on you. For we know you are with us in the storm and that healing, peace and joy will come in the morning. Amen. Please join me in saying the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and evermore. Amen. May God be with you until we meet again.